0: Are you willing to bet on yourself and leave your comfort zone to go after your dreams? Maybe you have some fears about failing or wasting time on something that others around you are telling you is not going to work or that is just not worth it. Quizá la pregunta es, how committed are you to your dream even when the going gets tough? Our guest Jasmine Ruiz is going after her dreams and her story will be sure to inspire you. You are listening to Her Dinero Matters, the podcast helping Latinas have increased confidence and control over their finances. My name is Jen Hempel, and as an accredited financial counselor, my mission is to help you be more confident and simplify your finances so you can save more, get out of debt quicker, and build your wealth. One of the things that definitely makes a difference in what you're pursuing in your life is investing in yourself. Investing in yourself will help you gain more security and confidence in achieving that goal that you long for, whether it's starting your own business, pursuing another profession, learning to cook, dance, whatever it is. So if you are looking for someone to motivate you, to inspire you, today I bring you the amazing and very funny Jasmine Ruiz. Jasmine believes wholeheartedly, as you will see, in her talents and is proud to take this risk, chasing her authentic purpose over corporate success. Her journey demonstrates the power of self-belief and relentlessly betting on her own potential. Her self-belief is so strong that after seven years in the corporate sector, she left, so she can a focus on her creative endeavors as a writer, comedian, and actress full-time. So let's go and meet the hilarious Jasmine Ruiz. Bienvenida, Jasmine. I'm thrilled to have you. And I have some questions because we really want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. But we need to set the record straight here. You (laughs) shared with us... That you are a cat person, even though you have a dog. It's so true. You're a cat person all the way.
1: <laughs> Talk to us, because I need to know. We need to know. Like, why is this? Why, why, what the heck happened, right? No, yeah, I grew up as a cat, cat lady. My mom had so many cats. We always rescued them from outside. So I just grew up loving cats, raising cats. Um, but when I got with my ex, you know, he was allergic to cats. So we ended up getting a dog. I got a dog for Christmas. And that's how that's I no ended up cat. with a dog. <laughs> that is Funny
0: cats and me don't mix. Mm. And I thought it was a dog person, and we have a dog. Nice. Now I'm like, if he if I see dog hair on me, I'm like, oh, gross. Or if he wants to lick my face, I'm like, don't you do it. So oh. I'm like, am I really a dog person? You're not. You're time? not.
1: <laughs> dog all people love that. I They're thought. like, yes, lick me everywhere. Let's and be I'm gross like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, that is nasty.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now that we got that out of the way, take us back in time, Jasmine, to a time in your life where you had an experience, had a moment that really, even to this day, has impacted how you see, how you
1: perceive, maybe your relationship with money. So take us back to that. Um, You know, I don't know if there's one specific moment, but I will say that I have bounced in and out of debt like several times. And that experience allows me to realize that you can be going like on a great path for a little while, be out of debt. And it, it, it doesn't matter how good you're going. Like if you slip up, you will be back in debt. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, when people are on a diet and they slip up and they gain a few pounds back, you know, like it's really all about consistency. And I know that's difficult, especially when it comes to things that you want to indulge in, whether it's spending money or shopping or food or whatever it is, consistency in general, I think is a little difficult for everyone. Um, And it takes a lot of intention and discipline. So I would say like in that experience of bouncing in and out of debt and now being debt free still for a good amount of months now. okay, I would say that it's it's taught me discipline and it's taught me to think of new ways to figure out like where my spending might be going wrong. So I actually recently got a a travel card. And normally I don't don't get a travel card. Like I I don't like opening credit cards. I don't like having credit cards. I had like one credit card for personal and one credit card for business. And so I got this travel card because I was like, you know, I want the points. I'm going to get all these points. If I spend this much, I'm obviously going to spend that much in like a month. So I got the card. And so now what I do is I use one of my personal cards for like necessary expenses and I use the Mm -hmm. other one for like fun expenses. And so that allows me to see like, okay, necessary expenses for the month is actually kind of low, and why is my fun outpacing the, what's necessary? You know, and right. that that puts it into perspective because you know sometimes when you are in the moment, it's like you just—it's so easy to spend money. It is so easy to spend money, especially me. It, I love spending money. Um, it is easy, but when you see especially it, with the credit card, <laughs> especially, especially, but when you see it laid out like that, like literally, like this is fun, this is necessary. You're like, okay. All right. So I would say bouncing in and out of that really helped me to be more disciplined.
0: And two things that I took out of what you said. One thing you mentioned, you have the two different credit cards and that made it visual for you because I'm a very visual person. Same. And I, instead of having everything in one account where I'm like, okay, this was spent on groceries and this was spent on this. And this was, I liked, not that I separate everything. Like I'm not, You know, I don't go to that extreme, but I do like to have that visual. And that really helps because then you don't have to do the extra math. I'm trying to minimize those steps. And -hmm. the other thing that you uh, mentioned, and as you went in, you know, bounced back and in and out of debt, it sounds like you didn't let when you went back into that, you didn't let that keep you down right? Mm -hmm. Because I see a lot of people where maybe they paid off something and then they come back to debt. Sometimes it's a season in your life where, because I do what I do and I've been in and out of debt. And I think we just have to look out what that, you know, what was the reasoning for getting into that debt Mm -hmm. and, and really not allow us to get us down because i think you didn't do that because you just kept going you mentioned being consistent Mm -hmm. uh and things like that would that be the case yeah you know i think
1: wait say that again the reason what was the reasoning i think when you for me the reasoning was i was in a space like emotionally and just like within myself where i was not redefining myself i guess I don't know, revamping myself. I, I was in an exploration moment. So right. I wanted different clothes that felt who like like that felt like who I am today. I wanted, you know, different experiences to help me learn more things about myself. Um, I wanted to visit friends and travel more. And so doing things like that, um, sorry, that was my doorbell. We could let it go. <laughs> so doing things like that, I would say like those were, that was like the reasoning for me. And you know bouncing in and out. I I would say it was worth it. It was worth it because I enjoyed it. See, I like that you say that. And here I am as a financial
0: counselor. I I like that you said that you went back in and out of debt and I like it. Yeah, yeah. And I say this because one, you didn't keep it down. And and again, we have to look at why we went back into debt. And sometimes it's about the season. And I mentioned the season in our life, you Mm -hmm. were in a season of life of you were involved and you didn't regret it. And you Mm -hmm. got yourself out of debt. Mm -hmm. And I think we just have to look at our habits, right? And sometimes we are not making right decisions um, Mm -hmm. for our situation. We have to just be honest with ourselves. But you made that decision that this was good for you because of what, you know, your involvement, your your growth, the things
1: that you were going through. So I Mm -hmm. really, really love that. Yeah. You know, I needed that at that moment. And I just feel like when you really, when like your soul needs something, you should give it to yourself. And I, that, that might be a little, like, toxic, you know, um, because I'm going to give it to myself and worry about the consequences later. But I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like you need to nurture your soul. And, you know, given the world that we live in, where so many people are living paycheck to paycheck, I understand that's really, really difficult. And I think that is why, like, a lot of people do have debt. It's I think it's a mix of nurturing your soul and needing to have fun and, like, live a fulfilling life, which does require money. Or... Sometimes it's, it's a different reasoning, and like you actually just need to make ends meet, and you don't have enough income coming in. So that, I think there's a lot of reasons to be in debt. But like for me, I feel like I just needed to nurture my soul in that moment, and I, I didn't regret it. And you know, yeah, sometimes I make questionable financial decisions because my heart we needs something. We all do. Mm-hmm. We
0: all do. Even of course. I mean, even
1: I'm sure Dave Ramsey does too. I'm sure. Come on, everybody. Come on. Yes. You are gonna be all... <laughs> in your house for the next three years. Oh, speaking of that, also, I think it depends, like, seasonality, at least for me. Like, in the summer, I spend way more money. In the winter, i just be so depressed. I catch mm-hmm. that sad real quick. And I don't spend a lot of money. I think it depends. Like, I'll give myself a little more leeway in the summer because I know I'm going to be in my house all winter.
0: Right. And also,
1: mm-hmm. the key distinction that of what I'm observing and what you're saying is
0: that, yes, you got back into debt, but then you paid it off. So, you had a, you know, made a plan and you got, you know, mm-hmm. got back up. Paid it off and moved on, and no guilt, no shame. You owned it. You were you were fine with it. And I think we need to really, you know, be keen to that because we tend to let's say get back into debt and we Mm -hmm. feel guilty and we feel ashamed, and we gotta put that aside. Yeah, to put that aside.
1: So I I will also say that I agree putting it aside, but at the same time, like I don't want someone to listen to this and be like, oh God, the privilege. But honestly, it, it is It is a privilege to be able to pay off your debt. It's a privilege to have like mm-hmm. enough True. income and that you have expendable income to be able to pay that off. So I just want to acknowledge that. True statement. That.
0: No, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm glad that you did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I want to ask you about your career. Mm-hmm. Comedy. Yes. I love comedy. Even though in my house... They say I'm only funny when I don't try to be. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm all about comedy. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your journey in the world of comedy. What inspired you to become a comedian?
1: I would say it didn't really click in my head until like 2020, 2021, um, you know, the world was shut down and I started making a bunch of funny videos on TikTok. That's like kind of when it clicked. Now, before that... I mean, I've always loved comedy. I grew up watching the kings and queens of comedy. I grew up watching people roast each other, you know, making fun of people in my own house, like joking around with my brothers, joking around with my friends. So I feel like comedy has always been important to my life. And I think most people from the Bronx would say that. Most people from New York would say that, uh, you know, sometimes like if you have a humble beginning, like laughing gets you through anything. It is literally the medicine that makes you forget about whatever woes you might have. So comedy has always been really important to me. Um, In around 2020, I, I started to take it more seriously and actually see it as like a viable creative option. And prior to that, I had done a few different creative endeavors and, you know, was just constantly pivoting, 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 pivoting. And then when I hit that, like comedy writing and all of that, I was like, oh, this is it. And so, yeah that's
0: it. (laughs) Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. I love it. Now, with every comedian, they have these unique styles and approaches to comedy. How would you describe your style? And what do you feel sets you apart?
1: Um, I would I would describe my style as a little quirky, a little goofy, um, sometimes a little dorky. And I would just say very, very authentic. You know, I like to focus on relatable life experiences and, you know, New York stuff, Puerto Rican stuff. And I think what sets me apart is I think being able to not have any shame when I create comedy, when I put content out. You know, I think when you come from a place that you're not fearful and you are just happy and joyous i think that really resonates with people and you know it's it's like dave Chappelle and so many other comedians always say it like art takes courage and and like you you can't do great art if you're like walking on eggshells or being fearful I think all of those things are really important. And um, I'm also just, you know, unique because I'm I'm me. I'm the only one with my exact lived experience. And, you know, it's not so unique that I can't relate to other people, which is what I love, you know, relating to other people and having people watch my stuff and be like, damn, girl, that is so me. Like, are we the same? Like, I love that. Um, And I also love just You know, saying unique things, or people like that's crazy. I've 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 enjoyed,
0: and I don't even know how I came across you. I really, I'm like, when and how I don't know, but I saw it. I'm like, oh, follow. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Let's keep watching more of this. Now, I also. With being a comedian and any of the that type of field, the, the creatives, it's is not easy. Mm-hmm. So if you could take us a little bit into your journey, because this came, started what in like 2020 ish, right? Uh, during the pandemic, take us through the journey, financial challenges, all that, because it's not easy. But you've stuck to
1: it. It's not easy, and you know I'm gonna rewind you back from before 2020. So I actually started my creative stuff in my creative endeavors in like 2017. I started a podcast. Um, that lasted for a couple of years. And you know, I then I know went that. into, yeah, I, I started a, a podcast and I went into dance. I grew up dancing. I've always been a dancer and I missed it. So I started dance. I joined urban dance league. And then I thought I wanted to create this like streetwear clothing brand and with, with all of these things. And then I went back into dance and then the pandemic happened. And then I started doing comedy. So like through all of these things, there are always financial challenges because I was, I was working in nine to five, but I wanted to do all these other things. So I had to constantly like reinvest in myself, which meant sacrificing on other things. Like I I have not traveled all over the world, but I have invested thousands and thousands of dollars, like into my own endeavors, even if they didn't like pan out or I didn't see them to fruition because I ended up pivoting into something else. You know, it, it takes a big investment and- it, it makes you have to like make financial choices that you wish you didn't have to make. Like, okay, like, do I want to take this? I don't know, three, four thousand dollar trip to Italy. Like, I really want to go to Italy, or am I going to invest this into this endeavor that I'm working on? So I feel like that has that's like one of the financial challenges is just having to sacrifice. And um, you know, when it comes to comedy specifically, comedy doesn't pay a lot. Anyone would tell you that. You know, you really have to work your way up, and you do a lot of things for free before people start to pay you. So you know, for me, I've always been big on like getting side hustle income outside of my nine to five. So I started doing a lot of other things. I started acting, I started modeling, and I, and I started making sure that I'm getting more income. And when I started doing that, you know, it's crazy. Like I, I made, I don't even remember what it was the first year, I think in 2020 or maybe it was 2021. I made like a couple thousand dollars. And then the next year I made like four times that. I'm like, oh, snap, for my side hustles. And then this year I've already like doubled that. There are a lot of financial challenges because when you have a nine to five, you have to make, you know, sacrifices. And I've always had a nine to five while having my side hustles. Also these side hustles, they, they don't pay. So it's just so much reinvestment, but when they finally do pay, it is very rewarding, it's very rewarding. And it's nice that, you know, some of those financial challenges can, you know, cease to exist, but even so I would say it's really important to continue to reinvest into yourself.
0: And also what I'm hearing in terms of when you're saying reinvesting in yourself, I'm hearing you're betting on yourself. You're believing in yourself mm-hmm. and what you can do. That's what I'm hearing. And I think yes. I think that's a great choice, right? Because obviously you're out there, you're doing fantastic. I mean, I, I see you and it's, I mean, just what I mean, I've seen some partnerships with different companies and mm-hmm. you show them like I think it was like maybe some interior uh, decoration or mm-hmm. I think I've, I've seen a video like that I, I'm just loving seeing the involvement of these different things but you're right continuing the side hustles and because you have to sustain yourself and right. everything it takes time and, yeah uh, there's no overnight success absolutely overnight not Success has been in the making for for a while so a very long time so much more.
1: <laughs> so much goes on behind the scenes that people absolutely. are never gonna see and and that's okay that's okay You know, that's I feel like a good it's an intimate thing with yourself everything that goes on behind the scenes. And I don't think everything needs to be seen or shown out into the world. But, you know, because of that, there are a lot of people that will see someone pop and be like, oh, my gosh, that was an overnight success. It's like, right. it actually wasn't like that. That's many no. years. <laughs> right. That doesn't
0: happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And speaking of challenges, I'm curious to know, when have you used your personal finance experiences as a source of inspiration in your comedy and some of the things that you do? If so, would you be
1: willing to share some of those? You know, I actually, I actually haven't. I actually okay. haven't. And I would like, you know, maybe now I will, because now I'm in a different financial situation. So I was making really good money at my nine to five and leaving like leaving six figures to like go do your own thing. It, that That is something I think that is worth talking about. So I, I might make some jokes about that or like write some sketches about it. But I, I don't talk about, you know, finance things too often when when I work on my comedy. I think I think it would be good to talk about, but I'll you're like, mentioned. I can make broke jokes, right? I can make a bunch of broke <laughs> jokes. But then I know people are gonna be like, girl, I know you're not broke. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe maybe I still feel broke, you know, because I can't go live lavish the way I want to. Mm. But I also know what it is, like, to just not have any money and be broke. So okay. when I when when I actually put everything into perspective, I think the reason I don't make any money jokes and stuff like that is because I've been able to change classes and I've been able to work my way up. You know, I'm like from the Bronx and I went to Barnard, got a really good corporate America high paying job. And, you know, I, I was able to do that. So I feel like it kind of takes away the opportunity for me to to make jokes about finance things. But now that I left that, maybe that opportunity opens up. <laughs> so, you like know, I maybe said, I'll
0: be watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll be like, hey, Jasmine, have you thought about I'll be popping in your DM box, Jasmine, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember know, the time know. that you said, <laughs> "How you doing? How you doing?" <laughs> yeah, how's that coming along? I want to mm-hmm. see. Now, with comedy, there's um, it really tends to serve as a platform for social commentary, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you, uh, I know we just talked about finance a little bit. If you were to use your comedy to address maybe an important financial issue in this country um, or even in nuestra cultura
1: latina what would that be and Um, what could that possibly look like you know that's that's so funny to think about i think about a few things when you say that (laughs) when i think of la cultura latina i think of like it it goes bigger than that for me like i think of that i think of you know new york culture i think of bronx culture Mm. i think of all the different spaces that I grew up in and one thing I I, I would love to talk about and and thank you now I have an idea maybe I will (laughs) talk about how people buy like $200 sneakers like that is so Mm -hmm. crazy to me and you know it's hood culture and there's this like quote from this book I don't remember what the book was but it was talking about like how different classes people of different classes show their wealth and it was like poor people you know they want symbols of wealth So they want the sneakers. They want the bag. Um, Like middle class people, they care about like degrees and titles and like very, very wealthy people are actually like, they they don't want to flaunt the well at all. You know, like you see Bill Gates in a t-shirt and some, I don't know, some skippies and shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, Sorry, I don't know if I could curse on here. But yeah, yeah, point. Thank you, thank you. Point is like, now you know when i started making money i was like what why the hell was i buying spending all this money on sneakers like growing up like i, I knew why it was just like the culture but i think that is something that i can really talk about finance wise because i think it's ridiculous and i think it's a waste like for the same amount of money for some yeezys you could go open an llc like that is crazy that is so crazy to me you know like for that canada goose you could go take a flight you could go take a flight somewhere. Like I'm not, I'm not that materialistic when it comes to things. So I feel like that's something, that's definitely something that I could joke about in, in the culture, just being materialistic and wanting all these symbols that show you as doing good when you would probably be much better off um, indulging in experiences. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that That's how I answer that one. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Thank you. <laughs> Now,
0: I'm also curious because in, in general, just talking about money, we don't talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to do. And I'm curious to know, do for you yourself, do you, as a comedian and your personality, do you find yourself inserting humor and comedy into those conversations? Or maybe you don't even... Try it all to even have that conversation. And it's okay because a lot of people, they have a challenge in talking money. So what does that look like for you? Do you insert comedy or do you just stay away from the
1: conversation? Yeah, no. Listen, I love talking about money. Like, I I love talking about money. I know some, it, it depends on who I'm talking to. Makes but like, sense. if it's my friends, like the minute I get a raise, I'm like, oh my God, girl, they brought me up to this. You know what I mean? Like, I love I love talking about money and, um, you know, if my friend gets a raise, I'll, I'm, I'm immediately going to make, like, you rich jokes, you know? And right. I, I have one friend that I always tease her because she is so cheap. She is so cheap. And I know she makes good money. And I'm like, girl, it's okay. Get the appetizer. <laughs> you you know? And she's That's like, funny. I'm indulging throughout the week and take out or whatever, whatever. But, like, I'm always teasing her. So I have 100%, like, insert comedy into conversations about money. Yeah. I also have, I have a pilot and I have like a few jokes in there about money too. And, and like one of the scenes, like all the girls like trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to do that night and all the stuff is really expensive. And then you have the one that's like, I'm a teacher. Did I just forget? Like, you know, like, did you forget? I, I can't go do that. So yeah, I, I like to insert comedy where I can. Um, also, I think it takes the tension off of financial conversations, which I know, I understand why easier. they're tense, but I I don't know yeah. why they have to be so tense. I, I don't really think it's a big idea, like a big deal, you know. Just like, yeah, I don't know. And 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 by not discussing money, I mean no one wins except those at the top of corporate America. So I actually wish people did discuss money, especially in the office. Um, and I and I think it depends on the industry as well. So like I know from different people who I am who I have spoken to in the finance industry, like your first year in, everyone always talks about money. What was your bonus? What was your bonus? What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? And then once you work your way up, people kind of stop talking about that because then people start getting different bonuses depending on like, mm-hmm. you know, how well you did. And so the minute like it splits, then I think it becomes tense for people because someone's getting more than the other. But like when everyone is right. really new, I feel like it's more, it's easier to have the discussion, but that again, that doesn't benefit anyone except for those in corporate America at the top, these businesses. So I feel like people should talk about money more. Um, and I have wanted to do it in the past. And I didn't do it because I just sensed that the other person wouldn't be receptive to it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it was up to me, I, I would, I would paint the town red with whatever salary was, and you know, let's go bargain right. together.
0: Right. And I think a lot of people think it's Uh, It makes it feels tense to talk about because they have maybe their own guilt. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, you know, they're not confident in what they're doing or or confident in what they're making. There's so many layers to this. But I think just I always tell clients and when I do presentation, you know, speaking engagements, that it's not necessarily about the bills you didn't pay or the debt that you have. It's about your just experience, maybe when you grew up. You Mm -hmm. saw, I don't know, maybe your mom making more than your dad back and way back in the day that that wasn't that common and things are changing. So just money conversations can be so much. It's not just about the debt and the bad is the student loans and all that, you know? And I feel like that alleviates some of that tension, but because we think of
1: the bad instead of other things, the experiences and the good Mm -hmm. that it's brought us, you know? Right. And I like what you said about how you grew up, because like when you grow up poor. Everyone's always talking about money. Poor right. people are always talking about money. And I think like when you grow up with a little more privilege, like people stop talking about money, you know? Like my mom would be like, no, you cannot get those cookies at the supermarket. I can't afford those cookies. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting the meat package and you know, like whatever, I'm buying real food. Not to say I never had cookies, but there was very much a, like, don't even look at it, put it back, you know? Because you just grow up with not having a lot of resources. Right. But when... When you grow up in a household, I think with more money and everything is like up for grabs, like you you aren't hearing it as often. No one's saying put those cookies back because I can't afford the cookies. Right. So I think that does impact people's willingness to discuss.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. And I want to wrap it up with hearing from you maybe what has been up to now your proudest moment Mm -hmm. um, with this, with your career in comedy, doing the acting, doing all these different things, uh, whether it's been a certain video you created or uh, a certain project that you worked on. So tell us what up to this today, because there's going to be many more. I know Mm -hmm. Uh, what has been your most proudest moment?
1: I wouldn't say there was a proudest moment. I would say I am th- there are proud like things. So, I'm really proud that I wrote a pilot from my brain and recently filmed it. And not that the whole pilot, I filmed the trailer and you know, still working on that. It'll get released when it gets released, no rush. I'm really I'm really proud of that because I remember for so long, I had been thinking like, oh, this doesn't exist. This doesn't exist. This idea that I have, like, I want to watch that show on TV. And then I was like, no, I just need to create it myself. And I got to that point by, you know, watching Masterclass and Issa Issa Rae had said that she was like, if there's something that you want to see on TV and you would be really mad if somebody else made it, then that means you need to go and make it yourself. And I was like, oh, duh, I'm going to go and make it myself. And that's exactly what I did. So I'm really proud of that I feel like that, that that just it makes my heart really warm when i think about it and like i 100 am gonna sell this show and it's gonna be on hbo manifesting i love it so yeah i would say that that is the thing that i am most proud of in my career um but there, there are also a ton of other things like i'm proud to even have a community like now i know so many other comedians and creators and producers and writers and just everything like so many creative people and i remember like just a couple of years ago, literally crying because it had been years that I was doing creative things and still didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. So I think it takes a really long time of like believing in yourself and continuing on your own path and your journey for you to attract that community. And so when I think of when I think of the fact that I even have one, especially one that is so great and so supportive and so large and genuine, that is also something I'm really proud of.
0: I love it. And in terms of the pilot, are you able to give
1: us a little scoop of what it's about? Or is that, you know what, if (laughs) I start talking about it, I'm going to just run my mouth. Um, But (laughs) it is like loosely based on my own life. And it's about the cycle breaker's journey to self-actualization. So that is what it's about. And it's amazing. Amazing. I love
0: it. I thank love you. it. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine. I really enjoyed having you. I'm rooting you on. Thank I'm you, Jen. I'm going to be looking for that content. <laughs> yes. You know, about your stories of that you mentioned, some personal finance, maybe yes. joking about um, what you mentioned earlier. So I'm going to be mm-hmm. looking and you, I might be in your DM box.
1: Thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you slide in. <laughs>
0: All righty, Jasmine. Thanks so much again. Thank
1: you, Jen. We, Bye. We appreciate it. <laughs> Bye.
0: Today, we heard how Jasmine Grace continuously prioritized investing in herself and her comedy skills, even when it required financial sacrifice. She's been willing to pass up luxuries in order to grow and learn on her road to success. Jasmine also discussed the belief that we must have in ourselves to overcome many obstacles of of a creative career path. It takes courage and self-trust to pivot from corporate stability to comedy, but she is proudly betting on her talents. And we learn how Jasmine likes to ease money tension by inserting comedy into financial conversations with friends. She also feels strongly that openness about salaries can actually bring people together. Jasmine's story demonstrates the power of pursuing your purpose relentlessly. You can connect with her on Instagram at the Jasmine Reese. On a side note, I just want to take a moment to say thank you for being a part, if you were there, of Financially Strong Latina 2023 for supporting because we were talking about it for so long. So thank you for that. I know we received a lot of great feedback. So I really, really appreciate you. And I hope to make sure that I bring it again next year. As for next week, we are going to talk about tips to avoid that post holiday financial hangover. So stay tuned for that. Bueno, pues, that is everything. I appreciate you being here and taking time to check out the show. You can check out the show notes over at JenHemphill.com forward slash 376. That is JenHemphill.com forward slash 376. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.